Welcome to Family Life's Inside Out, where we look at how God transforms His people from the inside out. I'm Martha Manikas Foster, and my guest today is Deb Keener. Deb's the executive director of the Potter's Hands Foundation, the Western New York nonprofit that's been serving survivors of sexual exploitation now for 10 years. Welcome back, Deb, to Inside Out. Thank you, Martha. It's so good to be able to be here with you again. I am so appreciative of the work you do, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. So, Deb, you and the Potter's Hands Foundation have been working for a decade to restore women who've been sexually exploited. And so I'm really curious, what would you say was the biggest challenge in 2013, and how does that compare to the challenges that you face today? Okay, wow. So in 2013, most of my time was spent learning about the issue of sex trafficking in the U.S. and then educating people on what I found. There was a very large gap in services at that time. In fact, I remember meeting with the Director of Human Trafficking Task Force for Western New York, and she told me there were only 112 beds across the U.S. for victims of trafficking. Right. Honestly, that was part of the motivating factor for me to move forward with building a safe house. I was discerning God's will about His call on my life, and as I prayed and researched, the call became even more clear to me. The more I shared about the need, more and more people became motivated to help, which was a good thing. Um, we built the safe house with incredible community support and launched our residential program in January of 2018. Uh-huh. Since that time, we've served over 50 women in our program. And when they come to us, we ask that they commit to a minimum of nine months when they apply so that we have the time it takes to get them started on a lifelong healing journey. Uh-huh. Today, one of our biggest challenges is helping our graduates find safe and affordable housing. Many of the women who come to us have been in traumatic living situations for the majority of their lives. They have so much trauma to work through. Many never finish high school, but when they come to us, we help them get their GED. Uh Some are unable to do that because of learning disabilities. So you can imagine that supporting yourself financially and finding affordable housing is a huge challenge. Sure. We're currently working on developing a transitional program for 2024 but housing remains to be the greatest barrier for them. But we know that God will provide because He always does. Mm -hmm. In addition to the housing gap for our graduates, it amazes me that when I'm out speaking, even in 2023, that so many people are still unaware of the issue of sex trafficking in their local communities. Really? I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I often ask the audience, the people in attendance, how many of them have ever seen anything on the news about heroin or meth? And honestly, most hands go up affirming Uh that they have. And I then tell them that sex trafficking is directly tied to drug use and drug trafficking because Uh traffickers often focus and recruit individuals with a history of or existing substance use disorder. This allows the traffickers to exploit them even more through induced drug use, which they can then use as a reward or punishment to maintain control. Uh Another interesting fact in 2023 is that the majority of trafficking victims are trafficked by their family members. Is that different than it was before? I mean, it's a, horif- uh, it's a horrifying fact. Yeah, it actually is uh, more prevalent today. Since I've been doing this, it certainly was the, the majority of victims were trafficked by their families. I think that the recent statistic I read just a few weeks ago was that there's an increase of, of 40% from 2020 to 2022 of family members who are trafficking their own their own children sadly you know and as you can imagine when they have been victimized by their own families like that they often will try to leave home and and find something else but because they're so vulnerable 
they usually turn to drugs and alcohol to kind of bury the pain of the trauma. Mm -hmm. And then often they end up in the hands of a trafficker again, who will lure them in. Oftentimes it's someone who pretends to be a boyfriend or it may be a close family friend. Sadly, it's just a cyclical process for a lot of these women. You know, they will say to me, do I have a sign on my forehead, you know, that says vulnerable or use me? Um, It's just truly heartbreaking. Yes, yes, it is. So, You've been working with women who've come out of, are in the process of coming out of this life, have come out of, out of a life of being exploited. And now we find ourselves just, just two weeks away from Christmas. And, you know, for everybody, everything's off kilter at this time of year. Schedules change, you know, a stress amps up and sometimes blows up. And, and kids and teens have a lot more unsupervised time. How might some people be more vulnerable, as you're talking about vulnerability, how might some people be more vulnerable to trafficking at this time of year, and what should we be on the watch for so that we or someone we care about is not lured into trafficking? That's a great question. Anytime there's an increase in unsupervised time for kids and teens, the vulnerability to trafficking increases. COVID was a perfect example of this for adults and kids. Traffickers took advantage. Yeah. Traffickers took advantage of the global crisis, capitalizing on people's loss of income and the increased amount of time children and adults were spending online. Uh Uh-huh. You know, as you know, during the holidays, we often have very high expectations of what they should look like. Yeah. But for many individuals, the holidays are a very stressful time and people are hungry for community. Uh, vulnerable individuals will often look online to fill relationship gaps. They're mm. so hungry for someone to pay attention to them and to love them that they'll open themselves up to strangers who may not be safe. I remember speaking with a group of foster kids a few years ago and just talking to them about the importance of having a single adult that they feel like they can connect with, that they can open up to, that they can share their hopes and dreams with, because a lot of them have nobody, you know, they're bounced around from house to Mm -hmm. house, and they don't have the stability of family. And I remember one young lady saying to me, how do we know that when we find that person, they're safe? You know, and that's, that's so hard. I mean, it's hard for adults to know if a person is safe. Imagine being a young person who's never had any stable support in their life and trying to figure out who's safe and who's not safe. Right. If there's no benchmark, no, no model for what really safe is, that would be so difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It just breaks my heart. You know, I think it's so important that we check on people during this time of year for so many reasons. Parents need to know how their kids are spending time online. They need to know what apps they have on their phones and what those apps are used for. So, for example, an app like Snapchat, it's a pretty common app. Everybody knows that the app can take videos and photos that disappear. But now there are new features, including stories that allow users to view content for up to 24 hours. Another app called Whisper is an anonymous social network that promotes sharing secrets with strangers. I mean, that's what they are trying to get kids to do. That's the point. You're saying that's the point. Yes. (sighs) It also reveals the user's location so that people can meet up. So once they've shared a secret, they know where they are. Right. The Meet Me app is a dating app that allows users to connect with people based on a geographic location, and users are encouraged to meet each other in person. WhatsApp is a popular messaging app that allows users to send text photos, make calls and video chats worldwide. And then, of course, there are a bunch of secret apps that probably a lot of people don't even know about. There's one called Calculator Percent. It literally looks like a calculator on your screen. The title is calculator with a percent sign next to it. Mm -hmm. 
and the app is one of several secret apps used to hide photos, videos, files, and browser history. This is designed specifically for parents who are looking over their child's shoulders to say, oh, well, this is just a calculator. Exactly. Yeah. Because there, there are so many apps like that. I just encourage parents to Google information online on how to be educated about different apps and what their kids are using. Mm-hmm. It's so important that they do. And I also need to say that parents who think that their children would never do something like this need to check anyway, because I can't tell you the number of parents that have come to me and said, I never expected my child to do something like this. Mm-hmm. You know, no parent expects it. But even a lot of times, you know, as Christians, we think that our kids have it all together and that they're not going to do anything that's going to get them in trouble. I mean, we'd like to think that. I know that my kids did things that mm-hmm. they were curious and, and they just want to know. And I think that kids can get in over their heads so quickly that they don't even know how it happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Recently, I was having a conversation with a friend whose child received an image from someone of a sexual nature and returned an image back Mm -hmm. in the same fashion. And when the, the receiver got the image, they quickly demanded money from this individual. And they were trying to exploit them by saying, you know, you owe us money or we're going to blast this all over social media. Yeah. And so the child became panicked and reached out for help, which they were able to get quickly. But there are organizations that are trying to exploit our kids. Once the image is sent, it can't be unsent. Right, right. There's a lot out there. And you're saying there are ways for parents to become more informed and you you have a good kid, but your good kid can get in trouble. So mm-hmm. look out for these things. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, Deb, you work with women coming out of trafficking, and I wonder what that means at Christmas specifically. Um, mm-hmm. For those of us who love Jesus, the celebration of his coming is full of hope. And, and, you know, hope is a good thing. It also means that this time of year, women you serve are already, of course, you know, they're working really hard at some life transformation. But now they're also away from family and traditions that are part of what they think of for Christmas. So what do you see as the challenges and the joys of this time of year for survivors working to rebuild their lives? So, as you said, can be a very difficult time for our residents who are away from family. But honestly, a lot of our residents don't have family to go back to, Ah, um, sadly. So for those who do, we encourage them to write letters back and forth. They're allowed to make phone calls and Zoom calls so they can see their family members and loved ones. I recently had an opportunity to speak at a church up in Maine to a MOPS group, and that MOPS group decided that they wanted to support the children of the women in our program Mm -hmm. for Christmas. And so we sent wish lists so that each of the children of our current residents could receive a gift from their mom at Christmas time, which we've never done that before, but I was like, this would be perfect. You know, this is a MOPS group who wants to give, right. and here we go. So it was a beautiful marriage, honestly, of their desire to do something and our need, really, something we wouldn't have been able to fulfill. And that is something so, that takes that burden off of the mind of the mother. Exactly, yeah. Um, And for those who don't have family members who are safe people, we try our very best to make our home a place where they feel safe and loved. We try to make the holidays like a family event could be 
And often we have staff members who invite them into their homes for Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter. Mm -hmm. We want these women to know Jesus and the hope that He brings. We want them to feel loved, and we want them to feel accepted. I think one of the most important things for our residents is that they have social connection because it's been something they've lacked their entire lives for many of them. Right. And another thing, I just enjoy having conversations with them about if they do have family, what are your family traditions? And sometimes trying to incorporate some of those things into what we do at the house. Uh-huh. You know, they love to decorate the house. They love to make crafts. And, you know, we get a big Christmas tree and decorate it. Just trying to make them feel loved, accepted, cared for. So in some ways you are, for many of the residents, you're resetting Christmas. It's yeah, in a yeah. safe place. Festive atmosphere in a safe place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So how can people listening help women who've been exploited, help them now at Christmas and even into the new year? Well, there are so many ways people can help now at Christmas time and into the new year. But I think one of the most important things people can do is pray for our residents. You know, often when you talk with someone and they say, how can I help? Or they'll say, you know, all I can do is pray. Well, prayer is the most important thing. We have seen the power of prayer do mighty things. And I know that it is the most powerful tool that we have on earth. So I encourage people to pray for our residents and our staff who are working with these women every day. In addition to prayer, there are many ways people can get involved with our ministry. We're always looking for volunteers who want to work alongside our staff members in direct care by working a shift alongside the staff member or helping with administrative tasks, Mm -hmm. teaching a class. But besides direct care, we need volunteers to help with our fudge-making business, Heavenly Treats. Right. Yeah, those volunteers work alongside our residents and other volunteers to produce and package fudge and other products that we sell in all of the burned dairy stores in New York State, as well as in other small and local businesses. All of New York State? I didn't realize it had gone that far. Oh, terrific. Yeah, yeah. We also have fundraising events throughout the year that we're always looking for volunteers to help with and ongoing projects at the Safe House. We're always looking for help with snow removal, lawn care, landscaping, among many other things. Right now, we currently have a resident in our program who was diagnosed with cancer. And, you know, on top of all the other trauma that she is dealing with, we just want to make sure that she can get to and from every appointment Mm -hmm. that she has. We want to make sure that we're providing the best care for her possible and loving her so well. You know, she's one that doesn't have any family or outside connections Mm. that are positive. Mm. She actually was in our program and graduated from our program. And when she found out she had cancer, she relapsed. Mm. But she is back with us and we're excited to have her there to be able to love on her and support her. But I always tell people, you know, if you are interested in getting involved with the Potter's Hands Foundation, we will find something for you to do. (laughs) Right. You know, all they need to do is reach out to us through our website. It's that simple. All right, right. And that's the Potter's Hands org. all together, the Potter's Hands Foundation.org. Well, I always tell people there's an S on Potter's and an S on Hands just to make sure they get the right one. All right, yes, yes. Well, thank you, Deb. Thank you for the work you've been doing. Thank you for, I mean, a decade of service to women who desperately have needed this. Thank you, Jesus, for the work that you and mm-hmm. the others at the Potter's Hands Foundation have, have accomplished and the work that you will you will do. Thanks for being here on Inside Out as well. Thank you so much for having me. 
My guest has been Deb Keener, Executive Director of the Potter's Hands Foundation. To learn more about the work of the Potter's Hands Foundation, just like Deb said, go to the Potter's Hands Foundation, all one word, with S's for potters and hands. It's the pottershandsfoundation.org. I'm Martha Manikas Foster with Inside Out on Family Life.